smelling it. Yeah. Welcome one. Welcome all. We are live on Very Slow Upstream number 104. Every 52 episodes, it kind of marks our milestone for the year. So this makes it two years for us, which is awesome. It's kind of crazy to think. I remember our first episode, we were like, you know, making some really bad jokes about BlackBerry being the father of the modern smartphone. And it's almost worth rehashing because BlackBerry is still kind of that OG smartphone form factor. I guess, you know, Palm doesn't quite count in this whole scenario. But I want to introduce our awesome guests that we have on today. We've got Brandon Orr representing Canada. How you doing, man? What's up? Everything's going well. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Respect. I'm not a father, so I don't get those respects. But. <laughs> He's the father of an application called Penguin. You can find it in BlackBerry yeah. World. <laughs> we also have another father of a native BlackBerry 10 app over in Buffalo. How you doing there, Alex? Pretty good. Just been trying to enjoy the day. Had had a breakfast with part of the family, and then I had dinner with the other part of the family. So I've been a little bit hectic, but uh, we're here now. Time to relax. Well, kinda. So we also have Blaze. How you doing, editor in chief over there at Crackberry? I can't say that. I can't complain because Alex will make fun of me. So I'm just <laughs> chilling, you know. Good. <laughs> yeah. I'm a father, so have all my kids wish me happy Father's Day and stuff today. So yeah, I'm all good. It's funny because like Blaze and I right now are basically the daddies of our own individual like website, so to speak. So. <laughs> One way or another, we're going to partake in a day. Uh, it is downstream for us, and if you don't know what downstream is, this is our annual kind of on-air drinking game. I mean, first rule, of course, is going to be always drink responsibly. If you are going to participate along in the action here, as uh, Alex, Brandon, and I will be, um, you know, just make sure you're drinking responsibly. Don't be drinking, driving, and listening to upstream. I can barely <laughs> do two of those things, let alone three. So, uh, always, viewer discretion is advised. These episodes get really silly sometimes, especially toward the end, so keep all of that in mind as you listen on. Basically, the yeah. rules are simple. We're going to be imbibing. Also, yeah, Brandon. Also, if we give any advice like on stocks or anything during this episode, just <laughs> oh. don't listen to it. Don't listen to it at all. Did you get some hate mail from last week or something? <laughs> no, no, no. Luckily, luckily not. Luckily, luckily, we turned Brandon's alias off so that we don't get those anymore. <laughs> Here are the rules of the game. We are going to be imbibing when the on-air crew, which is us, basically use any of the key trigger words that we hate and never, ever say on Upstream, which would be the Astonishing Tribe, things of that nature. Shout out to Darius Stokes. Definitely, <laughs> we make any curses or swears. We use the word prosumer. Because that's the most buzziest word there is. IoT, which is like the next buzziest. And then it gets a little bit difficult, the words Android, iPhone, and Windows. So cheers to you guys, because I just said all of those. So we'll go ahead and Cheers. <laughs> cheers to the upstream. Android's crew. probably going to be the most complicated one. Now I have to drink yes. again, Blaze. Wow. Yes, it will be. We're going to call it not a fruit OS. That'll be easier, right? <laughs> so... Uh... So what's everybody uh, around the table drinking here? Oh boy! I'll start. I guess I'll start off. I'm drinking some uh, Crown Royal whiskey. Gotta oh be, uh, gotta be calorie conscious, guys. So, <laughs> well, I'm not on the beer today. <laughs> Alex, what I, about you, man? You I got some whiskey too, or? I'm one of those lame people that I don't drink very often, so I have some like leftover Michelob Ultra in the fridge, so really nothing special, and I don't want to hear it from any of you, so move on to James. 
I'm sure they will get you in the chat. Alex, I'm drinking America's oldest Yingling. It's very near and dear to my heart. Every year I rep Yingling on these downstreams. Last time I ended up in a pool on last downstream. That's not going to happen this time. I'm going to try to keep, it on the level so keep this podcast going in a uh, productive direction. But I want to start on our topic list. We have two carriers in the United States that have received a beta update and beta access, really, from BlackBerry into the Marshmallow test for PRIV devices. This is T-Mobile and AT&T. Now, I have a whole side story about the T-Mobile piece, but Alex... I know you we you and I have been going back and forth like wanting this update. Do you have it on your priv now? Was it difficult to get into the beta? Tell us a little bit about that whole experience for you and whether or not your device is on Marshmallow and whether you're liking it. Hold up, yes. though. One sec, one sec. Just to make make one thing perfectly clear. The T-Mobile one is actually, it, it has moved beyond the beta stage. It's now actually public, so. Ooh. Okay. Wait, what, what operating system does it does it run? Six dot zero dot one. I assume. Run the green light. No, I get it, Brandon. Let's let runs the Googles, bro. Dude, we're gonna we're going to be slipping regardless. So there's no reason to go out of your way to do that. Um, but yeah, so I I think I signed up for the beta initially when they announced it, and that was right around the time when I was having a bunch of beta zone problems logging in. So they totally reset my account. I lost everything. Um. But I signed up for the beta, and then everyone was announcing, hey, you know, I'm in the beta, Darius installs it. Everyone in the group's, like, installing it. I'm like, wait, what about me? Uh, couldn't find it. I was able to contact them, and, and then they put me in because I think I was already in the beta. I just never got it pushed to me. Um, installed it. Oh, man, the download took forever. But it's been running well. Uh, some of the problems that I was having before, so, for instance, you know how I complain a lot about driving with Google Maps and listening to Google Play Music, and then, like, say, getting a phone call on my phone just, like, destroying itself. Uh, that doesn't happen as frequently anymore. The overheating isn't as bad. doesn't seem to happen as frequently now, especially when charging. Um, everything's a little bit more fluid. I'm not having as many problems, it doesn't feel. Um, but it's, you know, it's not, it doesn't, like, make my phone amazing all of a sudden, but it, it definitely is running a bit better. I think they fixed some of the bugs that were, were in the old operating system. A lollipop. What about like performance-wise? I know there were some <laughs> lags and stutters when you were doing like basic things. Yeah, I don't know why you exaggerated lollipop. Because yeah, I get nervous. Like I'm you thinking, should, like you I'm... should drink just for doing that, man. Like... Android lollipop. Jesus, I was oh, trying to not man. say that word. That's why I said it like an idiot. Lollipop. But yeah, um, I think it's it's running better overall, and. Yeah, it, it's. I think it's running better overall, but you know, it's easy to say that too. Right when things are installed, one big thing I noticed though was I was totally out of storage space, and it wouldn't even let me update. So I had to clear all the app cache, which was like five gigabytes or something crazy. And then once I updated, like I noticed that I, I only had like three gigabytes free, so I barely got it on. I updated, and then all of a sudden I had eight gigabytes free. So it it must have wiped out some junk files and things like that that I had on Lollipop that like didn't matter, so th I was happy about that. Now I have more free storage and things like that. It deleted all of your nudes, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Now, that's what actually happened. Yeah. No, I'm glad you're enjoying Marshmallow. I know it was... It's one of those things for me that's a little bit bittersweet, not just because it's a Marshmallow, but because we waited so long, like... You know, it really wasn't that long, but it felt right. like forever for us to get this update. I'm on the side where I'm really, really enjoying it on my device. I was surprised that 
it ironed out a lot of just the weird little inefficiencies that I was experiencing in terms of battery life. That was a big one for me. Like battery life just went tremendously up. And I don't know what it is because I'm on my phone pretty heavily. Like when I'm using it, the screen yeah. is on for a long time. So Doze wouldn't you wouldn't I think that too. would really play much of a factor when you're using your phone quite a bit, but I still am getting much better battery life, at least mm -hmm. one to two extra hours of screen on time, and that's I was barely getting like three out of the priv, and now I'm getting four or five pretty regularly, yeah. which I think is awesome. Um, I think the refinements are pretty good. Blaze, I know you've loaded it on some of your devices. Now that you know the T-Mobile one has actually been pushed out fully to users, do you think it's going to be a boon for priv sales? Is that going to help them kind of bridge that gap towards September and where they're trying to head for device sales? Well, I don't know if it's going to help priv sales unless there's another direct push from you know T-Mobile at some point. But because we saw T-Mobile was basically took it off the off of their website and no longer offer it, really. Yeah, I'm going to get to my T-Mobile uh, story. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it, like I said, I don't know if it's going to be a boon to the sales, but I'm pretty sure that there are at least some people out there who, you know, basically saw that it was running Lollipop and wouldn't even consider it at that point. So I'm sure that there's some that would go back and be like, oh, well, now it's running Marshmallow, maybe I'll pick it up especially with all the discounts and stuff like that that have been happening recently, um, especially with the AT&T beta, because now it, it once now that it's in beta status, you know, all those AT&T devices that were sold are essentially applicable to the beta, and the beta is a great indication that you know that, you know, AT&T is going to push it out eventually, right? So anybody who is holding off on possibly purchasing you know, one of those AT&T ones that are, are being sold for cheap, you know, something something to uh, go ahead and reevaluate now that you know that it, that marshmallow is essentially just around the corner. Um, plus, it, it helps all of those people who, who may have, um, you know, skipped out on it just simply because it wasn't running marshmallow. So I, I don't expect a huge boom, but... Uh, yeah some people are going to go ahead and, and see that as an opportunity and a reason to go ahead and pick one up. Brandon, you know that feeling we got when BB10.3 rolled around and everything kind of felt right with the world? Almost like yeah. BB10 should have launched on 10.3. That's how it feels on Priv with Marshmallow. It feels like the Priv, yeah. this is the software that was meant to be on it, you know? Like, it, it, it just, everything yeah, seems sure. a little bit more cohesive. Everything's a little bit less janky and it just feels right. And I feel like it's a good juxtaposition only because BB10 and Marshmallow now are almost feature parity in a lot of aspects. The instant notifications to a degree, as well the application permissions, which is a big thing on Marshmallow. Alex and I had to do some crazy legwork to get now on tap working for my Google Apps for Work account, but we were able to get that working too. So a lot of really small refinements akin to what we saw on 10.3. You know, yeah. and above. It's interesting because really 10.3 you know, up really was even more significant in this Marshmallow update in terms yeah. of bringing on new features. Um, yeah. You know, I know we're kind of still waiting for 10.3.3. Is that something you're, like, looking forward to having on your device, or it really hasn't crossed your mind at all? I think I've said it previously. As a, as a prosumer, I, I am, I am kind of looking forward to the uh, device. Um, update for 10.3.3. Alex, Alex um, must have totally missed that drop there. Wow. <laughs> uh, no, but, but no. In reality, like I've mentioned before, uh, it really does make a difference to me. Uh, it's nice to see that 
you know, the the Android ecosystem is embracing some of the things we've enjoyed on BlackBerry 10. I mean, it's just a matter of time uh, before they they got that into Android because it's. I mean, like anything, when you're when you're such a prominent operating system, especially with IoT and everything coming out now, you want to pick the best features from BlackBerry and things of that nature. So. Uh, oh my God. In reality, <laughs> I don't see you over there drinking. You gotta stop talking. I'm gonna drink it all after I'm done my little my little spiel here. Um, no, but in reality, in reality, like it, it's like I've said before, 10.3.3. It's nice that it, it's kind of a nod to the people who have the operating system. Um, I have the sense, and, and I'm I'm willing to be proven wrong on this, but I have the sense it's more to do with cleaning up loose ends in the back end and in the operating system in terms of security and some of that uh, bread and butter kind of... Uh, Have you been drinking, Brandon? <laughs> bread and butter? What? <laughs> bread and butter, yeah. And uh, but, but in reality, I mean, as you see now with the Android getting that, that feature parity, if you guys start... I mean, it can't go unnoticed. If you guys are starting to feel like it's almost getting to that point, I'm sure there's a lot of incentive for Black Bear to say, okay, this is an optimal, optimal, uh, optimal moment to kind of shift over and, and go hardcore in the consumer space in Android and Android, yeah, and kind of leave it, it at that. And we know too that the the uh, the chipset in these devices are not very good. Just the snap the Snapdragon versions of this year and everything. So I am looking forward to future devices because from you know what I hear, they're at least running better. Um, even even if they're lower specs, they're actually running smoother than the Priv because I mean, let's be serious here. Like it was not a good year for for processors or Snapdragon, Qualcomm. You know, it's not a good year for that. The year that the Priv came out. So, I, think I find it kind of funny, and as we compare, because we're always seemingly getting last year's specs anyway to a degree, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think there's always going to be that kind of compromise that you play between the price that's yeah. not only going to come on the silicone that you got to buy, but also, you know, building in your own hardware root of trust so you've got your encryption keys and everything. That all adds on to those costs, right? So going with the 808 versus an 810 or, you know, something like that, or, of course, now we have, like, the 820s and more to come, it's really going to be an interesting place to see, you know, as they go forward, where these mid-range devices are going to go, very much like with what we saw on the mid-range kind of BlackBerry 10 devices, right? They all ran the very similar processor line because it was something reliable that they had worked on. So hopefully yeah. we can kind of get into a place where it's a little bit more saturated in that aspect. But look, it's one of those things I've mentioned before. I mean, trying to get into that flagship kind of marketplace to be honest, most people who have an Android device, when you're looking at developers, the type of apps they're developing, they're not developing apps for the most powerful device out there. They're developing apps for the most common denominator, uh, the least common denominator, so that you know most people can use the application. So, wait, wait, they're building apps for BlackBerry 10? <laughs> no, no, but I mean when it comes to Android, right? They're not looking to develop an app that can only be used on the most powerful device, right? So I think this kind of you know race to the top in terms of specs is kind of a, a faulty one because yeah, you need those things to kind of push the market ahead, but to be successful and to be something that consumers will want doesn't necessarily need to be at the top there. It just needs to be something um, that provides the features they want 
and and can access the apps that they want, right? So oh, it's a yeah. it's a it's a it's being able to balance those two things, which I think hopefully we'll be able to see BlackBerry do over the next year. Which it looks like based on the devices that you know we expect to come out, they might be able to do that. But who knows? Yeah, I don't you know, know, man. I think the world wants high end and dirt cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? Look at the OnePlus Three. Of, I was just gonna yeah, say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of talk. But the funny part about it is, you know, you have the six gigabytes of RAM with it, but it has memory management problems because they limit it to ten apps at a time. So if you have a game open and then you open up nine other apps, well, the game, you know, resets itself when you open it back up. But you can fairly easily fix that by just rooting it, which we're never going to be able to do, uh, and then just raise that limit. Uh, so essentially, the thought process is kind of strange because like you have six gigabytes of RAM, which is the most any phone has, yet you're having memory management issues that it's closing apps in the background. But you know it's fairly easily remedied. Um, I think they just more so did it for like, holy crap, six gigabytes of RAM, and like you want that phone. Future proof too, right? I mean, yeah. it needs more cowbell. <laughs> a lot of it. Yeah. So I want to tell you guys baby, about my. Uh, <laughs> I want to tell you guys about my T-Mobile experience because. Yeah. It was a really random kind of occurrence, and it was actually interesting to see kind of how the outcome of it all ended up, which is which is pretty interesting. I went into a T-Mobile store haphazardly the other day, and I walked in just because I had heard, you know, they had removed the priv from their, their stores, you know, online at least. So I was like, is that the same case in stores? And I went to a very small, not a, you know, major, you know, not a big corporate store, just a small kind of, you know, corner store, went inside, they had they directed me. They're like, "You guys looking for a phone?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Whoa, the Samsungs are over there. The iPhones are over there." <laughs> That's, that was it. That was their their sales pitch to me. Right. That was the sales pitch. Wow. Right. And and it's yeah. and it's funny because that's the same kind of pitch you're gonna get basically anywhere, right? For the most yeah. part, right? You're gonna be pointed in the direction of those two platforms. So either way, I go to their kind of like third party wall with all the other no name brands, and there's Blackberry's Priv, and it's there. I load it up, and there's an update already downloaded for Marshmallow. Someone, literally, someone just needed to press install, and that was it, right? It would have jumped to Marshmallow. Simple thing, right? Simple thing any educated retail salesperson could have done for them, or even the BlackBerry guy who comes in, you know, every once in a while to do that stuff, if there is one in the area. Regardless, I hit the update for them. I take a picture of it, and I put it on Twitter, and I, I kind of laugh about it because it's one of those things where it just shows... One, there's two things, right? The device is, one, not on the latest OS, right? Which if people are going to come in and they're going to look at the yeah. priv anyway, they're going to look to see what kind of OS it's running. And if they see it running last year's OS, they're going to be like, well, let me go get the Samsung that's running the latest, right, or something yeah. else. The V10 is right next to it, right? So there's tons of other options in the space that are running Marshmallow, and all those devices are all updated. Everything's good to go. Priv is literally sitting there. Second thing that irked me about the whole deal was that the priv is in a clamp case, so you can't actually slide it open, which is like the only selling feature of this phone, right? That keyboard. Wow. And it's literally locked into place, so no one is going to wander in there and find that there's actually a physical keyboard device running Android, right? It's not something that is present and available there for anyone. And again, they're not even directing you over there to look at it. So the whole display kind of irked me, and that's why I posted this picture. When posting the picture... Maybe within a couple hours, I got a DM on Twitter from Alex Thurber, who, if you don't know, is BlackBerry's new vice president of global device sales under Carl Weiss. Uh, he hit me up asking for the store location, asking for details, wanting to follow up directly. 
where, I don't know if that's just fan service or whatever the case may yeah. be, it's good to see that, one, they're listening, and two, they're willing to maybe at least put a little bit of effort to go touch base on those stores because it shows that they do care about that carrier partnership and that whole carrier distribution strategy. And that was more interesting to me than, you know, you know, James, calling the store or anything like that, you know? James, James, I gotta wonder. I mean, this isn't something new. We've seen this since the beginning of BlackBerry 10 when the devices were first launched. And you gotta wonder, how come salespeople have... It seems like almost there's more incentive for salespeople to sell Samsungs than to sell... or, or iPhones than to sell other devices. <laughs> And I'm wondering, is there is there no incentive to because I know when there's extra stock, like a traditional company wants to get rid of stock, so they'll do they'll just they'll like a lot of companies will sell things just to get it out the door, and, True. and that way they don't have to worry about it anymore. But it almost seems like there, like there just isn't that incentive for people to be like, okay, let's get rid of this black bear, let's really try and sell and get these last five out, and then we can focus on these other ones and stuff and you know, so on and so forth. But it doesn't seem like there's those kind of, you know... You know it goes back, to what things about, on. goes back to what we talked about last week, Brandon, where that AT&T executive or whatever is talking about sales and returns of the priv. And, and a salesman is more inclined to say, go with the Samsung or iPhone because you as an end user are going to go home and have less problems with it than you would with a priv or would with a, you know, an older version of an LG or whatever the case may be. It's literally the brand name that people are easy to, you know, attach on to, and then they know they're going to get less issues overall with those popular devices. So I really think it's maybe not a, a lack of incentive, but more of a, the opposite, right? There's just, they get poor results when they do try to make some of those sales, where they may get the five out the door, but maybe one of them comes back, and now they have to try to sell that again, potentially, right? Uh, I definitely think there could be maybe some kind of sales incentives, but how that breaks down by each region, by each carrier store is, you know, a total mystery to me. Alex, what do you think in terms of your kind of carrier sales experience when you went into an AT&T store to buy your Priv? I mean, when I first went with first yeah. Priv first rolled out, there were representatives they are actually yep. using Priv as their daily driver. When you kind of followed up and brought some more of your family on, has that reception been the same, or is it a little bit different from your experience? Yeah, I mean. I pretty most of my family I got on right when the priv came out, and you know the people in the store like they they was like the first day they even saw the priv, and they were actually kind of interested in it. And they're like, oh, that actually seems like a good phone, you know, I'd I'd consider it. Um, but now, like just recently, my aunt got her priv, and she got that same type of lip service where it's like, you know, are you sure you sure you want this phone? And it's like, yeah, you know, my my nephew he's gonna help me with it. He knows the phone inside and out, whatever. And uh, they still tried to like talk her. Like, you sure you don't want like an iPhone or something? And then there's my my uncle. Like, you should get an iPhone. I love my iPhone. So it's I, I feel like it. Right when the phone came out, absolutely. But now, like, I I don't think it's any different than any past Blackberries. Maybe a little bit, but you know, they'll they'll talk about the bad front-facing camera or how it compares to a Galaxy and. You know, there, there's a lot that happens when you actually go into the store. It seems like they don't... It seems don't like there's, like, a three-month cycle in which BlackBerry is really up there when they really hit the stores, yeah. and then all of a sudden, nothing. Yeah. Because it's basically, you know, depending upon what, what actually happens in between, you know, how yeah. many of those devices got returned, how many of them had customers call in and complain about them, or whatever the scenario may be, right? Just seems yeah. like there's there's 
it seems like that initial hit with a BlackBerry is very limited compared to some of the other devices that are on the market. You you only have a certain amount of time to get those devices out the door, and then you know the quote unquote hype is gone at that point. Yeah, you know, but I I am seeing uh, some people talk about like any sales that are going on with the Priv, and they're like, you know, if that was an extra hundred bucks cheaper than that, like I would actually make that my daily driver. But yeah. I, I, it sounds like a lot of people are tempted by the Priv, uh, but they don't think the price is going to be fixed, and at this point, they'd rather wait for a Priv 2. Um, yeah, and that's that's what I'm, what I generally see on Twitter, too. Like, every time that we put out, like, a Priv sale post, or even just, like, as a prime example, I mean, we're, we're going to get to it here, but um, you know, BlackBerry offering $100 off or $150 in Canada of the print for Father's Day, you know, even when that post went up, there was, like, feedback on Twitter. It's like, it's just not enough of a discount. I would buy it if it was more of a discount, and that's unfortunate. Right? I mean, now that BlackBerry is in the Android space, and, like, you look at the OnePlus 3 for 400 bucks, you can get a top-of-the-line spec phone that just came out, and, and, you know, BlackBerry, with their discounts, they're trying to still sell it for 550 so you're in the Android space, BlackBerry. Like this is people care about pricing. You can't act like you're the old BlackBerry and compete with Apple on pricing. And it's just, you know, I don't know if there's much they can really do. I can honestly, I can honestly say I I cannot recall a time where BlackBerry has ever nailed the pricing. I agree. It was like, yes. No, no, no. You, they they nailed it when the, when the playbook first came out. I mean, that was yeah. <laughs> Whatever, bro. <laughs> we should build a drink for playbook too, cause like R.I.P. Man. You know what? I ha we have one of our uh, our writers, Matthew, did a really good post on tablets that I'm gonna be posting tomorrow. So I'm gonna hold my tongue on that one because he made some really good points. But you know, it is one of those things that Blazers right, right? The pricing on these devices has always been a little bit off, but you're also never gonna satisfy everyone, and you have to yeah. make money at the end of the day. Yeah. I think right now going high and being able to reduce over time is better than coming in low and just never hitting the volume that you need to even make it profitable. That's more of a waste than this strategy is now, yeah. in my opinion. I don't know, man. Like, sometimes I just think that BlackBerry would be better off just coming in actually low for once, and at that point, you're like, you're kind of, like, surprising people. Like, I don't know. I think they... I think with their initial... They can shock the market and actually get yes. their name back out there. Like they yeah. should look at this as an opportunity for advertising more so. I mean, not more so, but like look instead of just how much money are we making on each phone, let's look at this as like an entire advertising effort here, marketing and advertising. Like yeah. you guys were back in the game. Check our phone out. It's affordable. Get people on it and like especially, it. Especially, especially with the first Android device. Like I know, yeah. I know we've all defended the pricing to uh, to a certain point with Priv as well, and I know there's a lot that goes into it. I'm not saying that there isn't, and I know at the end of the day, BlackBerry needs to go ahead and make a profit off of these devices. But you know, it just to be able to come in a little bit lower than expectations, to be able to go ahead and like. Like Alex said, shock the market with, you know, something that is, is good and affordable would be absolutely insane for them to go ahead and do that. Because, again, it goes back to what I, I was saying about BlackBerry has never come in lower than the expectation, right, on their pricing. So if they had arrived with, with the Priv, 
being their first Android device at a lower price point, I think it would have would have benefited them in the long run because it would have sold more in volume at that point. But who knows? I mean, that's that's realistically just guess guesswork by me. But I don't it know. It makes man. sense. And but yeah. the funny point too is like everyone could blame it on volume as well. Like Samsung's probably getting better prices for buying how many screens they're buying, for instance. But the ironic part is like Samsung is selling their phones like crazy, like uh, at crazy prices, top of the line yeah. tier. Uh, prices, so it, it, like they're probably making even more of a margin from the sale of the phone than BlackBerry is, um, because they're I just getting bulk discounts. There's still even a, a large volume of users out there who, had they known about the Priv, because so many still don't, would buy it. You know, yeah. even at the high price or even at the 550, right? There's so many people who just don't even know yeah. that they're so uneducated. They don't even they don't even know it's an option, right? And even Passport, right? It, it started at a really good price, I think, when it first launched. And then that still, right, it, it hit a slump after a while because there was no f more education of the market as to what these devices were, whether yeah. they existed. Now, as I've been going through kind of Crackberry forums, Blaze, maybe you can back this up, but I've been seeing a lot of people posting like, hey, I saw a Priv ad in a very, like, focused way, like on a, on a political, you know, on a political gambit on a, on a Toronto's game or whatever the case may be, seeing some targeted marketing yeah. So that marketing is happening. I don't want to say that it's not happening at all, right? There are people who are seeing adverts for the Priv. It's just again such a focused, consolidated effort. So yeah, and I don't. I, I I honestly don't know what the rhyme or reason is to that actual programming because, I mean, I don't I don't see any any ads for the Priv. But these, you know, watching watching the political debates and stuff like that, like it, we've we've noticed that for pretty much ever since the Priv has launched that they. You know, they went on Good Morning America, whatever. They basically started with, like, the Democratic debates, and they had, like, the brought to you by BlackBerry. Like, yeah, they've done some marketing. They probably have done more marketing for the Priv than what they have ever done for the Passport or anything like that at this point in time, when you when you put it into a grand perspective. But yes. it, it's not something that it, it doesn't seem as though that it's, like, on a broader scale. It seems like it's very target, targeted and possibly even regional. I mean, Absolutely. you know, the, 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 and we, we, it's no secret that regional marketing is a little bit cheaper, right? Like you can buy buy an ad in Kansas and have it air in, in locally in Kansas, like for che dirt cheap, but you can't buy an ad in New York for the exact same price, right? So it, I would love to see the, the, the metrics on where it is that they're purchasing this ad content and how the how much it's actually costing them, and where it, you know it's being specifically targeted to, because it, it, at this point it's not like James said it's not really fair to say that you know they're not doing marketing because they are doing some marketing. It's just that it doesn't seem to be on on a grand scale in which everybody notices it. Getting to some of our other news, as you know, right leading right off of this, we have BlackBerry's annual. Uh, earnings call that they're going to be doing. This one is for Q1 2017. Is that correct? For, and that is on Wednesday, June the 22nd. So in terms of you know, well, how much are they spending on marketing? We may actually get a little bit of insight into that come the earnings call. Now, Blaze, this is a little bit different from BlackBerry. They're actually holding their shareholder meeting and webcast before the earnings call. Is yeah, that anything the, to be worried about? No, they've done. They basically. Mm -hmm. Have done that for well. Let's back up a bit, okay? 
That was, a, that was a leading question for sure. <laughs> yeah. Blackberry annual special meeting webcast that is held on January 22nd. That's basically the annual general meeting of shareholders. Right? It's where they go through all the processes and they vote the new board members, all that crap, right? That's all, all basic stuff. Like, people wouldn't. It was kind of funny because when we put the post up on Crackberry, everybody's like, oh, annual and special meeting. What does this mean? It doesn't mean anything. It means that it's the AGM that they have always had for years upon years. It changed the name. And really, they changed it like two or three years ago. It just shows up as Blackberry Annual and Special Meeting, and that's it. But it's still just, the AGM, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't you want to hear the results and then have a meeting, though? I feel like that's a little bit more conducive to a... Yeah, but... And the actual earnings call is the next day, and this is where this is where I think a lot of people get confused because I honestly cannot recall a time when the AGM was actually before the earnings call. They're usually on the exact same day, right? Because that that's just how it has essentially always been as far back as I can remember. You know, I'm you know somebody can prove me wrong. I'm more power to you, but I cannot recall a time in which they were on separate days. Again, the annual and special meeting isn't anything really special. It's just the AGM that they usually, generally, always have alongside the Q1 earnings call for the year. But I can't recall a time in which they actually had them set on separate days. Maybe it's just a scheduling issue. Maybe it's something different. I don't know. But well, what we'll would be interesting <laughs> is if during the AGM they actually do what John Chen does, which is like either a show devices or talk about devices make a lot of noise over here day one so that day two we can slide in some, you know, potentially yeah, yeah. you know? That thought crossed my mind as well because I think it was I think it was during one of the AGMs that he actually showed off the passport in the classic, right? Right. Yeah. That was that was sort of like hype at that point in time. But again, that was on the exact same day as the earnings call, so I don't and know, that eight. was after, maybe they're learning, right? Again, if they can get some good news out ahead of time to kind of <laughs> soften the blow, maybe this earnings call will not be hailed as another, you know, because you know how the media is going to take to any yeah. any numbers that are BlackBerry related, good or yeah, bad, they're, will be they're bad. instantly bad, no matter right. what, right? We've all, we all know that. It, it, it really depends on the person looking at it. You can either pull out the good or you can pull out the bad, and unfortunately the majority of the people always pull out the bad. But I don't know. It's going to be an interesting occasion when when they they do the annual special meeting and then the earnings call. Unfortunately, it's going to be a rough two days if both situations turn out to be bad. <laughs> you know, I, I think really we're just going to see more of the same, right? We saw them hit a really good number for their software revenues. We obviously expect that to keep continuing. Uh, and it's really just a point right now where I think the expectations are a little bit low. And if they can reset them and kind of level things out, I think it's going to make a lot of sense for people. We've also been kind of waiting to hear about this roadmap, right? Well, John Chen said, we're going to show our roadmap when we are ready. Well, when are you going to be ready? It's been six months, right? Uh, getting a little bit of insight into what the kind of long-term play is makes sense for developers. It helps the investors. And as well, the general media and the journals, journalists out there understand kind of where BlackBerry's direction is so that when they're writing, whatever they're writing, they've got a little bit more understanding and foundation as to what the actual vision is. Because right now it's been pretty aimless, right? A lot of us are here shooting and guessing at, you know, where BlackBerry is, where they're going, what the game plan is. So maybe seeing some of that stuff line up here through June and into July with the security summit, 
it definitely leaves some potential for maybe some kind of device announcement. Maybe this all touch we've been hearing about, maybe something else. You know, I would be interested to just see like you know some movement on BlackBerry Radar. It came out. We heard nothing else since. I'd love to hear, see a demo, see a, some case study, something, right, about that IoT initiative. Uh, I guess I got a drink to that one, guys. But <laughs> and some other All news I got to say is more power to the person who asks where BlackBerry 10.3.3 is. Oh hey, boy! The fact that it's even out in a developer version says something, right? <laughs> That Crackberry unearthed, by the way. <laughs> I love that Crackberry posted, and the next day Blackberry's like, oh, damn, we got to put a blog post out about it. <laughs> Let's, go, <laughs> Let's go do that. <laughs> so that Brandon and Alex can update their freaking apps. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're waiting for. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for, man. <laughs> You're also waiting there, my ass is cool. I'm waiting for Blackberry to show its hand. <laughs> in other, in other smaller news, we saw... Uh, BlackBerry named as a leader in the Gartner Magic Quadrant for EMM suites. Good accolade to have, you know, at least being on the leaderboard, so to speak, in terms of their EMM platform. Always good, right? You just made a massive acquisition of one of your competitors. You should have an excellent, you know, leading position in this market. And Gartner is one of a, you know, a giant analytics firm that looks at all these things and trends. So good to see that they're kind of putting their, uh, you know, their notch into what BlackBerry's got as well. We're seeing why the largest medical device manufacturers are relying on QNX. Those are two posts that you can find on CrackBerry for more details about the press releases and the different bits of information. When talking really about the QNX medical, the blowout was awesome. It was like an entire hospital and how QNX can help from the ambulance to the, you know, to the bedside, to the machinery, to the inner office communications. Really, really cool potentials. I would love to see more of BlackBerry pushing the envelope in that space. Brandon, what about you? Do you think that there is more of an, a niche for BlackBerry to start carving in the medical field? I know we've seen them go after kind of like the very regulated industries, but even their whole stack of security and enterprise stuff in terms of productivity could really help in a market. But it's almost like you got to educate that market as to what the potentials are, right? A lot of these types of yeah. you know, technological implementations are just not in the medical space right now. Yeah, man. Like Honestly, I think... I think the world's their oyster. They just gotta, they just gotta hone in on what they want to do. Like we've mentioned before, they gotta hone in and say, "Look, this is the path we want to go forward. This is the path we're gonna do." I think right now, it's just kind of all up in the, all up in the air, and they just. It, when you talk about the medical field, yeah, of course they have a lot of opportunities, and they can carve a niche niche out there through. Know other integration with some other products that they're doing through the IoT space and things of that nature, but uh, but I mean it, it's the same thing we've been saying for the past year and a half. Really, is they just it, we can talk about it all we want and we can say yeah they can carve out a niche, a niche, but but we haven't really. <laughs> yeah, is done exactly, uh, but we haven't really seen them quite do that to this point so in terms of yeah sure they can carve out a niche but whether they can actually you know get it together and, and follow through on that it's it's a lot harder than than just simply willing it right and let's and I think the only thing we can see is if they do then in the future it, it's kind of hard because and, and you guys can talk to this point but they have to they have to work their partners pretty hard to to get devices in the hands of medical professionals and like they've been doing with Nat Health and and things like that. But it 
it's not it's it, I, like we complain about retailers and telcos in the US not wanting to sell their devices it, at the same time you're working with an even different range of sellers in the telco space you only have like maybe a handful of people you really need to focus on in one country but when you talk about the healthcare space there's a whole bunch of different providers and you really got to work on all those different partnerships to to carve that out and it's it, it, it's a difficult process I, I on why they're ramping up all of their distribution channels right now. Like we've seen, you know, even though it doesn't necessarily go towards like the medical stuff, the enterprise and the software side, they've focused on India at this point. And those those particular announcements are going to continue because that was one of the things that they wanted to essentially go ahead and expand upon was all of their distribution channels. And you know that as as boring and as droll as it is, and those press releases are really yeah. not that I interesting. I didn't put HDL on the topic list. That's how boring. Yeah, I mean, it, it it really does matter at the end of the day because those partnerships and those relationships and those distribution channels are what basically help BlackBerry move forward. And as we've said about many topics, it's just one of those things. It's not not sexy enough. <laughs> but, you know, BlackBerry is, at, at its core, at its root, they're a B2B company, and, like, I've been realizing so much more than ever. Like, I have clients who, who they advertise business to consumer, and their advertising efforts are way different than mine. Like, I'm totally a B2B company, and for me to get a new client, I have to network and network and introduce myself and sell on my service, and then boom, you trust me, and now you buy from me. So BlackBerry, well, you have to sell yourself. Good. I'm sorry, oh. Alex. I mean, you know, the the thing is, like, I think BlackBerry's good at the B2B side of things, and and all that we see is they suck at B2C, which makes sense. You know, it's not that often that that a company is fully focused on B2B and fully focused on B2C. Normally, you pick one and you focus your efforts there. So I guess it's Don't not overly... What's B2C, bro? Oh, sorry. Business to consumer. Yeah, so essentially, the average consumer, the average buyer, the average phone buyer, that would be B2C. So when you're selling a phone to the average person, that's B2C. But when you're selling your phone to enterprise or bulk phones or BYOD, that's B2B. That's business to business. And that's what BlackBerry is good at. That's what they have experience in. So it's not overly surprising that their advertising sucks because that's 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 a function that they don't have that much history with. They're not advertising to consumers. Yeah. And it, it really brings back a point for us to kind of, you know, dig into that and it parlays right off of Brandon's point as well that I don't even know if it's a marketing issue so much as it is like a public relations issue or even just a PR issue in general where if BlackBerry had more feelers out, as Brandon mentioned, they'd be able to work on some of their partners and work them a little bit better so that they could get uh, them marketing for them. And that is kind of like what Alex is doing, right, where you're going, you're introducing, you're networking, you're selling yourself. Well, if you could have your partners doing that for you, your yeah. reach is even greater. But again, a lot of work, and I think really the interpersonal skills and the salesmanship of BlackBerry's enterprise teams to broaden that kind of horizon outside of the B2B and have the businesses marketing for them is that next step that they really need to take, but they have to have superior solutions to have that word of mouth really carry them forward, you know? You know, I, I just partnered up with a CRM company, and they told me in within the partnership agreement, it says, I need to advertise their company. 
Like, part of me being a partner to them, I have to, in my advertising, I need to be talking about their their CRM. So no different than, like, BlackBerry, when you build partners, you expect your partners to push your product and actually spend ad dollars on that. So BlackBerry is maybe thinking, we're not going to spend that much of our ad dollars. We're going we're gonna to teach you how to implement this and how to sell this, and you guys, you will sell it, but we'll give you a good enough commission that makes worth your while. And that's the way that it's done in the B2B world, business-to-business world. So it's just different. Totally different. And we're really not here to solve all of old BlackBerry's problems. Just pick them apart for you all. Listen. <laughs> no problem we have we have something called the after show where we actually supply those answers. <laughs> Some types of yeah. We oh, did a boy. survey last week to close up stream Alex and I had a good conversation about, you know, moving to SoundCloud, uh, how the podcast is growing, changing. And we really wanted to get user feedback. So I'm going to actually pull up this survey because we had some of the results come through. And Alex, if you'll take us through some of these results, explain kind of what we gathered from it and, and what we're hoping to, you know, glean out of the message. It's really interesting. A lot of it was kind of right on point with what we expected, what we assumed already, but it was interesting and nice to see. Uh, Alex is pulling it up on this end. As you see at the top, we got 52 unique responses on this survey. So it was really a kind of wide range of responses that we got on each individual item. Um, and Alex, yeah. I'll hand it over to you. Yeah, so the main, uh, the main thing here is the majority of people are interested in BlackBerry News from week to week, which uh, not surprising, but it's at least good to get some validation of that because we do go in talking about some other stuff too and you know if everyone's like we don't care about blackberry news why are you guys even talking about it that would be a problem so it's it's kind of one of those dummy questions we put in there but it's good to see that most people feel that way about it um, and then the second question which we have the 69.2 percent uh, response rate to uh, again this is about blackberry so we you're gonna have to drink for that 69 reference I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> um, they, people are interested in technology discussions relating to BlackBerry products and services. So people do like us focusing on BlackBerry. And then the next one, which with a 30% response rate, this is just interested in general technology discussions. So it's not the majority of you who are interested when we start talking. Sometimes we'll, we'll be talking about BlackBerry and we'll lean in and maybe talk a little bit about Google. I don't want to say the A word. Um, so we don't have to drink things, but we do go into some other technology, and it seems some people do like that, but it's not the majority. And then the last thing um, with, in terms of that, without getting a little bit off the beaten path, is people are interested where BlackBerry stands in the market compared to the competitors. So, uh, you know, half of you, you guys, you are interested to see how BlackBerry compares in enterprise, and I guess you could say, you know, Samsung, Galaxy, like these, they're technically competitors to the Priven things. So maybe I could have actually focused that down a bit more. Are you interested in the enterprise side of things or not? But we'll get into that question in a second, which is actually pretty interesting. Let me cut you and, off here, Alex. What, what that yeah. tells me is that what we're doing so far is pretty focused in terms of what people want. And I think it's really interesting to take a look at the fact that some of our other answers here, enjoying the cast personalities, came in at a higher rating than an interest in you know yeah. uh, some of the technology discussions are related to BlackBerry products and services. Yeah. So to a degree, it's interesting to see that people are a little bit more interested in how we carry the show as opposed to really the content of what we're talking about to a yeah. degree. Absolutely. Another thing here, I really appreciate everyone who voted on enjoying James making fun of Alex. <sighs> I appreciate 
30 percent. I can live with it. Hey, you know, 70 percent of you guys don't like it. I'm gonna take it that like you guys didn't vote for because you hate it and it makes you mad. So at least I get the majority there. It feels another good piece here. We have uh, you know some that are just looking for Blaze to slip up and uh, you know, <laughs> drop some insider information too. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. always good. And then other. I mean, I don't really know what other is, but good for you, Alex. Tell us about what topics our upstream listeners are most interested in. This was interesting. I can't say it was overly surprising, though, because I think we kind of started um, assuming this at the very least. So the topic of discussion, is it more consumer product services or enterprise product services? 96.1% you guys are interested in the consumer side of things, the things that BlackBerry is actually kind of moving away from, which is a little bit... uh, it's difficult on our end, so like imagine us. You want us to primarily talk about BlackBerry, but you want us to talk about that the you know the consumer side of BlackBerry. Well, that's tough for us. That's a very segmented. That's a segment of a segment, you know. So it's it's difficult. Basically, but, the past twenty minutes that we discussed, nobody cares about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, but that is the week in BlackBerry news, so we are at least talking about that. Um, you know, it, James and, mentioned for. Yeah, no, go ahead. It's a, good, it's a good mention too that you know we are the consumer interest of you know so it's like when we talk about our experiences with you know the passport BBM Priv whatever the case yeah. may be even when we stray to the conversations about you know EMM and and all of those other things our opinions you know what what forty percent of our listeners appreciated in, in our in our personalities comes to the fact that we are consumers of those products and services that are BlackBerry related. So it adds a relation point for our listeners as well that we are very much like you because if we were to take this survey, we also would be on that 96.1% as well. I know Blaze is. Blaze almost falls asleep half of these podcasts anyways because we're talking about <laughs> yeah. EMM and uh, you know all this crap with NDMs and things of that nature. Oh gosh! Uh, what else do we have here? This was this one was a, a little bit interesting to me. Are you aware that Upstream is broadcast live? Like right now, we are on the live show. So when I sneeze on air or when Brandon drops his headphones, you know this is this is a live show. When when yeah. Blaze shows his face, that is Blaze in real life. <laughs> yeah. You know, so live. I mean, ninety-two point three percent. That that is a pretty good percentage, honestly. Yeah. Uh, that means that we do these probably. I think a lot of the people that responded to this are probably some of the more loyal people anyway, so it's not not too surprising. Um, but, you know, for those of you listening right now in, in the replay, assuming, um, definitely check out berryflow.com for slash live. I mean, we're, we're here every Sunday at 8 p.m. for the most part. I mean, it's Father's Day and we're doing this, so uh, we've been pre- pretty, pretty consistent. Day, no matter how you look at it, right? This, is, yeah. this mm-hmm. is, like, longer than most of my relationships, so <laughs> kudos to us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> As well, we have we have our you know our crowdfunding campaign. This is really again going deep into some of our diehard users. A lot of them appreciate you know the private BBM channel that we have, the access to the upstream after show, which we're gonna get on. We're gonna be talking about if I remember, we're gonna be talking a little bit about the um, uh, Blaze's post about what apps we'd like added to the hub, and I'm sure that's gonna be a cascading conversation for us in the after show. Yes. Uh, Opportunities to Joe in the after show as a guest is something we're also doing. So it was really interesting to see what other features people would like. I thought was amusing as well. Someone asked exclusive wallpapers. Yes. Hey, if you go to our, you go to our Patreon blog and scroll through, there are multiple wallpapers designed by Pooter Mobile specifically for you guys. Uh, one of the interesting suggestions here is a condensed upstream, maybe a 10-minute version. And, and James, didn't you kind of do that with Jubei a while back? Yeah, we did conduit, and then uh, 
it just takes so much more producing yeah. time and yep. it's 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 really I, you want to make an even higher quality show if Jubei and I were in the same locality I mean we could do it and it would be amazing and, and consistent so that is something you know as we continue to grow it's something we may take a look at because I definitely can appreciate a 10 minute quick dirty show you move on with your life uh, yeah. More penetration to BlackBerry user groups is something I personally took to heart because that made a lot of sense, right? We have this private BBM channel, but that maybe not may not be the best place for social engagement. So maybe a BBM group for our patrons is a good idea where you can interact in a more direct way with us and the other patrons. So that was good for for me. We can always we do like a, we can honestly do like a Slack channel or something a little bit more closed off, but maybe more you know wider open. And I think that could actually be interesting, but um. There are a few oh, different no, options we can channel. do. It's got to be a BBM channel because Slack, Slack isn't universal. It's, I mean, I, it I mean, is, you can call it a computer, it you could do it on your phone. If you guys are on Android, yeah, I mean, you, you have to break it to get on BB10. Yeah, but I mean, there are other areas, because right now, just having BBM on the phone, that's your only choice right now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. <clears throat> Free Nike running shoes, um... Yeah, you better be kidding. Uh, <laughs> 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 Red passport? Like, what is this? <laughs> oh, to, to be to be daily basis. All right, come on now. Like, we spend an hour plus every Sunday, and we run out of things to talk about. Yeah, we somehow don't. Can you imagine? Oh, I'm sorry. We I don't. We think just we talk about like, the news of the day. <laughs> daily. Yeah. Today, Crackberry has a sale on Q10 cases. Yeah. Check but thank you for the sure, suggestion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Tips on how to get Android apps working on BB10. It's almost a like a a foregone conclusion at this point. Look, man, I got a Google, I got a CrackBerry Forms link, and that's all you need to know. Anything beyond that, just ask in the forums. Right. Someone will yeah. send it to you. How did you find up about Upstream? Was another interesting tidbit here, right? This was talking a little bit about where the the, the viewership's coming. A lot of people coming from CrackBerry over. So, again, thank you to Blaze for joining us on this podcast, kind of widening the gaze of support here. Very flow people coming direct, some from the podcast app, social media, and as well other. So go other category, rocking at the 9.4%. <laughs> really what this ends up telling us is that there is a broader base of things that we can work on and tailor to make sure the show is something that you continue to want to see. We know as BlackBerry changes, we don't want to stray too far away, but we do also want to broaden the discussion a little bit as the podcast continues to grow. There's more to talk about the connected world in terms of IoT, oh, where's my beer, uh, con you know, connected automobiles, <laughs> and, and it is really important to understand that BlackBerry is migrating to be a software entity. So to not talk about that would be a little bit dishonest to what BlackBerry truly is, right? We can come here and speculate for an hour plus about, um, you know, the various things that BlackBerry may or may not be doing on the consumer side, but to really deliver a valuable dialogue to you so that you can track every week, we got to talk a little bit about the boring stuff, and uh, we'll try to jazz it up as much as we can, <laughs> try to make yeah. it a little bit interesting. Or as we did today, just kind of run over it as quickly as I we can. I think that's a crucial point to, to basically go ahead and, you know, let users know. It, it, it's something that everybody knows already, but it's a good reminder is that, you know, BlackBerry themselves are evolving at this point. And, it, you know, just like everybody else who, who listens to, to Upstream, we're kind of like basically flowing along with them as well. And, you know, it, it, it depends on where they're going and where they take us. So, 
you know, the the conversations are always going to revolve around BlackBerry, and, and it depends upon what they're doing and you know what they're putting out there and what we can essentially go ahead and discuss. Because you know, if, if things if things change, then we have to adapt the conversation as well, right? Yeah. And whoever said Alex is hot in the survey, I I appreciate that so much. He just made my day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Brandon Alex, Alex, is, Al Alex is wondering where he can tinder up these people. <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> they're of the female descent. You should have included a zip code or something. Yeah. I'm dead. I am dead. Alex Alex is blushing. Yeah. yeah. So just to close Alex out here. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, Alex sends me like these Snapchats of him in the morning, and it's like without a shirt on. And I'm like, this is not what I want. I'm sure, one of our So send me your Snapchat. I'll screenshot it and send it out to you. I guess. Not that I really want to screenshot it. You guys use any cases on your devices at all? You guys, I know we. You guys seem like naked guys. Like y'all like your shit naked, but yeah. <laughs> Blaze is like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even have pants on right now. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason Blaze comes to upstream is because he can be like butt naked while he does it and no one knows. <laughs> Why do you think my camera's never on? We're uh, just all naked, relaxing. <laughs> Hannah in the live chat just said female descent question mark to Alex. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke, oh lord. Female descent. Alex actually doesn't know what he likes yet. He's still working on that. <laughs> I think I got it pretty figured out. Married, married to my job and I like women. <laughs> married to my job, but I love women. <laughs> Too funny. <laughs> oh, man. So just to kind of bring everything a little bit full circle, in the last year, what are some of the biggest BlackBerry bits of news that have kind of crossed the wire for you guys? For me, the move to Android actually coming after like months and months and months of hearing about it, to me was some of the biggest news that happened this past year. What did you guys think that was like something that was – a little bit kind of left field from BlackBerry that really you, you never thought they would go do. I don't think anybody can top the whole Android move. I mean, it seemed logical. I mean, it's been something that essentially has been talked about for many, many years. As soon as, soon as BlackBerry introduced the Android player at that point in time, there was rumors about them going directly to Android at some point, right? Like, it, it was almost a given to some people when that happened, but, I mean, personally, I mean, I agree with you, James, 110%. Like, the move to Android was probably the most shocking. Not unexpected, but it's still shocking. I, I'm actually going to take a different turn on this. I think the most shocking thing that happened in the last year was the good acquisition when they purchased... Yeah, uh, that's fair. That's fair. Good, Definitely. because I, I remember before that, they had put out all these blog posts saying that good isn't good enough. They were just, like, uh, chirping them hard on the blog, right? And a, few months, belly later, back checks. And then a few months later, they purchased them, and it's like... <laughs> Alex said okay, it perfectly. Like, they were talking that. down their valuation so they could afford it. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that, that essentially was their biggest acquisition, so... Yeah. Yeah, I mean... From your perspective, Devin, yeah. I, I think for, for me, one of the things that was like most left field was BlackBerry Radar asset tracking, BlackBerry on cargo boxes. Basically, whole new BlackBerry hardware division, right? I mean, this is a whole side of the business that basically takes the innards of a smartphone and now attaches it to the back of cargo for you know trucks, boats, planes. Uh, that was something really interesting and 
a very visible kind of clear cut idea for IoT where they're leveraging Blackberries, you know, business technology solutions and things of that nature. So, you know, for me that's Here something that was yeah, right. <laughs> it was something that for me that really was like, a, oh, that's cool. That's Blackberry kind of doing making a good step in the right direction, right? That first one more cool. about it. <laughs> I asked for pictures, they don't have them. I think it's a it's vaporware right now. Who knows? I, I think they're testing it. They just can't say who's testing it. No one's agreed to be like, "Yes, we're using Blackberry radar to please find our assets out there and steal them." You know, like no one wants to come out and be like, "Yeah, we're using it." You know, it's not something you talk about really. You know? No, it's yeah. more of an internal, you know, they'll talk like inter I mean, business people will talk to other business people like, hey, you know, we just set this up and it's working out well, but it's, you know, it's not, it's just, it's a different market. You know, you're not. Yeah, man, like I'd have to go to a, a trucking show basically yeah. just to be able to go ahead and find inform information about that one segment of BlackBerry, which, yeah. I mean, who's going to do that, right? I mean, unless you're, unless you're. Directly related to that industry. Yeah, that's a cost industry. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just me speaking as Crackberry. I'm not going to go to a trucking show just to be able to go ahead and see if I can get my hands on BlackBerry radar, right? Unless I was specifically like invited there and they, you know, had had like a broad scope of things that they were going to be able to go ahead and. and you know, demonstrate or show off at that point. What's up, guys? It's Blaze from Crackberry <laughs> here at the automotive show. It would be kind of cool, though. I'm not saying I'm not willing to go. I'll go. I got all kinds of trucker hats. <laughs> Blaze is like, just hit up my inbox, y'all. Send me the invites. We'll be there. So I, I want... I have a question about the BlackBerry radar. Do you think it was actually something that BlackBerry developed and like they actually built the modules themselves, or is it kind of one of those you know things they just acquired from another company and then now it's just got a BlackBerry label on it? So I want to get back to that right after we hear Alex's tidbit about what was his favorite BlackBerry news because that's a a more prolonged discussion maybe for our after yeah. show. I think it's a little yeah. bit more right. appropriate. But yeah, Alex, close it out here for us, man. What was some of the biggest news of this year for you in terms of BlackBerry? Realistically, the fact that they went back to like the, their torch, the sliding mechanism kind of phone, I really didn't think they were going to be doing much of that anymore, especially we saw like the Passport. We're like, okay, they're, they're trying to try some crazy stuff with this keyboard, but then all of a sudden we have a Priv, and more so, like when they first showed off the Priv, we were talking about like, was that even like a real device? Like, is it, that was a fake screen. Like, that wasn't a real screen. Like, how did they really achieve this? Or what's going on? And the fact that now that we have the phone, when I first got the phone and I'd hand the phone to people, they did not think it had a slide-out keyboard. The fact that people did not know they were holding a phone because it was so thin that it had a slide-out keyboard, I mean, I think that was a pretty impressive feat of engineering. And yes, it does have it, some of its overheating problems and things like that going on here and there, but like they, I think they're one of the first companies that really pulled off the mechanism well, and I think you know, that was surprising. It's something different in the market that we haven't seen. Yeah, I agree. When when Ron went out on stage and just yeah. dropped the two privs and the slidey, everyone was like, oh, shoot, Blackberry. Did we ever see a white school. one? Yeah, well, yeah. Oh. Yeah, mm -hmm. the back of one. <laughs> well, we never... Oh. Okay. Because it, it would have been white privilege, and that's just not a good... <laughs> not, a, not a good marketing gimmick, <laughs> so that's... Uh, right. For a long time, like... The phone you rocking, yeah, that white privilege. That white privilege. <laughs> it's funny. It would have been like it would have been like a 
like pearl or some BS like white off color, you know, if it ever did come out. Here's it's all, pink. Here's oh, all right. I know is that <laughs> Ron was on stage and he introduced both of them and he had one and basically we we all know those devices at that point in time were fake. However, I also know that when I went to pick up one of my my cribs for the review at that point in time, he had a white one at that point as well, and it was legit. It was real. He never let anybody touch it. He never let anybody fully see it. All he did was just open up his coat pocket, and he had a white one inside his coat pocket. And where it went after that, I have no idea. I'm sticking with the white privilege story because honestly, it kind of makes sense. Like, maybe, maybe they they realize that and like, we're like, oh man, we can't release yeah. a phone that stands for privacy and privilege. That's white, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That sounds point. like Donald Trump's yeah. phone through and through. I mean, realistically though, I, it was probably they just didn't sell enough to, or if there's like enough hype, you know, then that's where you can start having different variants and things. But I, I don't think. I that, don't know, man. But that arguably that's I, how you create hype. I mean, that's how yeah. they how they how they done it in the past. <laughs> right. Just just like Chick Fil A closes on Sunday, BlackBerry holds out on a white device for eight months plus. Yeah, that's just how it goes. <laughs> Not a good, not a good correlation. No. Hey, it worked for me, buddy. Everyone's like, "What's Chick Fil A?" All you Canadians like, "What? What is James talking about?" Alex is Chick-fil-A. basically a Canadian too. I am here. Do we? Toronto has yeah, a Chick Fil A. It must be yeah. in Toronto. Yeah. Toronto has everything that I want, but I can't have in Nova Scotia. Yeah. Like Chipotle, can't have no Chipotle out here. That's what I'm gonna do, man. I need to. I need to find a bunch of people who will give me a bunch of capital so that I can open up a bunch of franchises that are mostly considered U.S. franchises within the Nova Scotia area. I'll be balling rich at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I can see Blaze opening up like one of each. Man, just, I wanna, at least I seven so he has somewhere to eat every day. Blaze becomes a fast food you know, burger, Chipotle. Bring it all to Nova Scotia. <laughs> but he's gonna get jacked, y'all. Let me tell you. He he's gonna be lifting up the BlackBerry radar like cargo freights on his own soon. <laughs> I want to thank everyone who's been continuing to support and listen to us over the past two years. You guys are the reason we come and do this. Not only is it slightly therapeutic for us, but we're glad to share and kind of refocus the dialogue around BlackBerry in a more cohesive and consistent way. We're going to continue working on some special guests in the future. I've been lining up some talks, so that's good. So you guys will be seeing a little bit more. Um, do you guys want to talk about this uh, this image I posted on uh, on the channel? <laughs> you know what? We're not even going to mention you down here. Let's jump into this after show, gentlemen. Uh, our patron subscribers, you can hop on with us if you want to join. I'm going to put out the live links for you guys and as well the join links. So come join us on the after yeah. show. Let's go chit-chat it up about uh, Brandon's. Brandon's whiskey, uh, never mind. That's not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs>